0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back again today, and I really appreciate all of you listening to the podcast. Uh, Let me ask you to do something right off the bat. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast today, do me a favor, screenshot it on your phone and share it on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever you use, and tag me in it. Let me know you're watching the podcast today. I really appreciate that. And then let me say something today. If you're listening to this on Tuesday... Today is the final day that you can pre-order our new book, Unhang Your Harp. Uh, After today, it will just be normal orders because we're getting ready to ship it out. But if you order it today with the final day of pre-order, we're going to be sending out a free message on CD called 12 Keys to Answered Prayer. So if you're catching this on Tuesday when it's released, today's the final day and we want to thank you for every person that's already pre-ordered. We've had a ton of pre-orders come in. I just want to say thank you. And by the way, I'm sorry if the voice sounds a little rough throughout the podcast today, but we just finished two weeks of meetings. I think we did like 13 services in 14 days, and it was powerful to see all that God did, not only in Pennsylvania, but back here in Florida. We just finished the Signs and Wonders camp meeting, and there were so many miracles. It was Phenomenal. Just just amazing to see what God is doing. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something that I consider to be extremely important, and that is the four stages of successful gift development. Four stages of successful gift development. And if you are doing anything for the Lord, which you should be if you're a believer, then you have a gift, you have a talent, you have a purpose, you have a calling. There's nobody in the body of Christ that does not have a talent, a gift, a calling, or a purpose. If God has called you, he's also equipped you to do what he's called you to do. It's so important, number one, to uh, locate your calling. If you don't know what it is, it's important to locate it because if not, what happens is you begin to flounder through life. You're searching, wandering, not really knowing where to go or what to do, and that's why we have to know. Vision is the most important thing, our calling, our purpose. That's why the Bible says, write the vision upon tablets that they may run who read it. That means that when you're able to clearly see and know what your vision, calling, or purpose is, then you can run into your destiny with momentum because you know exactly what direction you're headed in. That's why uh God speaking in his word he said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge so if you don't have knowledge of what you're supposed to be doing it's actually very detrimental to your life he said uh where there is no vision people perish but the opposite of that is also true where there is vision people flourish and so it's very important to locate your calling and your purpose but once you've determined and, and, and discovered what your purpose and your calling is, I want to say this, God expects us to increase in our purpose, our gifts, and our talents. God never gives us anything that he doesn't expect us to increase. Increase is the principle that drives the kingdom of God. The Bible says, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. The Bible is telling us there that uh, increase or growth is the principle that drives the kingdom. In fact, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he used the parable of the sower where the sower sowed the word. On four different types of ground. And he said, this is the parable that's going to determine whether or not you understand all of my parables. That's found in Mark chapter four. He said, if you don't get this, you won't get any of them. And so Jesus wanted his disciples and his followers to understand the principle of increase and how to increase. In fact, if you read through Mark chapter four, you'll see that when the sower sowed the word, it fell upon four types of ground. It fell upon the wayside or the footpath, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. And Jesus is teaching that he wants us to be the good ground that can increase with the word that's been given to us. So, increase is the expectation of heaven for our lives. And once we determine by prayer, by fasting, uh, what our gift and what our calling is. Now, God expects us to increase the calling and to uh, move forward or grow in our purpose. That's why today I want to give you four stages of successful gift development four stages of successful gift development if you know what your gift is these are the four areas you're going to have to go through to go to the next level and let's get started the first one is dissatisfaction dissatisfaction that is the first stage of successful gift development my grandfather had a great uh, quote that he said for years he said he would say this I'm satisfied with with a dissatisfied satisfaction. Let me say it again. I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. That means he was happy about where God had brought him from. He was happy about where he was standing, but he knew that that was not the end of the road for his life. Although I'm happy, and as Paul taught, I'm content wherever I find myself, I know that this is not the end of what God has planned for me. So even though God's brought me to this point in life, I'm not going to stop pushing for greater things. And we know, of course, that was the case for the apostle Paul as well. He said, I press toward the mark. So he was always pressing for the next level. The same should be true for us. You cannot become satisfied with where you are currently. You have got to keep a burning desire in your heart to continue to level up to the next area of your gifting or your calling. And the only way you can do that is to stay dissatisfied with your current level. Thank God for where you've come from. Thank God for the progress you've seen until now. But forget it. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting those things which are behind. Yesterday's production does not count on today's tally sheet. Remember that yesterday's production does not count on today's tally sheet. I am expected to produce every single day. And that that means I cannot become satisfied with where I'm at. Let me just say it in another way. I cannot coast through my calling. I can't put my calling or my purpose on cruise control. I, I cannot do that. I cannot flounder in the same place. I've got to push forward. And the thing is, it's dangerous to become satisfied with where you are because you stop pressing for higher levels. You stop pressing for higher things. In fact, if you've ever read the business book by uh, author Jim Collins, it's called Good to Great. If you ever read that book, he asserts in the book that the reason that most companies never become great companies is because they're satisfied with being good companies. They don't become great because they're satisfied with being good And the same is true with every believer. If you're satisfied at the level you're at, you'll never press for a higher level. And so we have to stay in a place where we are not happy staying at the same level. I've got to go higher. And see, one of the best ways to do that is to surround yourself with people, whether it be people that are where you are living or people that you um, model your life or your purpose or your gifting calling after maybe you see them online maybe you follow them on social media they're doing the same thing you're called to do you see them the best way to stay dissatisfied with where you are is to always be able to see what is possible what is possible what am I what am I saying i can look at someone who's doing the same thing I'm called to do, but they're much further ahead of where I am. I can see what's possible by looking at their life. And if I watch them, it helps me to stay dissatisfied with where I'm currently at. So number one, the first stage of successful gift development, you have got to stay dissatisfied with where you are. Number two, the second stage of successful gift development is that you've got to have direction, not just become dissatisfied. You've got to have direction. Uh, it's one thing to become dissatisfied, but not know where you should be going. But as I mentioned earlier, by keeping people around you that are much higher than you are or much further than you are in their gifts and in their callings, you have direction about how you can go there. Or where you should be headed. You can see what they're doing. You can see somebody that's fruitful. Now see, in our generation, there's no excuse for staying at the same level because there are so many tools available for people, no matter what you're called to do. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you play the bass or the keyboard or the drums and you want to increase that gift. There are so many free tutorials online. There are so many people that are doing it at a higher level than you are that you could watch them. You could see what they're doing. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you, maybe you write novels. Maybe you write children's books. Maybe you write business books or ministry books, and you'd like to become better at writing. There are so many classes that you could take so cheaply online, like things like masterclass.com or, you know, there's so many of these things available to us now. We're literally living in the age of instant knowledge that you could begin to further yourself without ever having to sit in a college classroom, without ever having to go to a university. There's literally uh, lectures and and things posted online that you can, you can uh, devour for free, so, there's no excuse for people not to know what's greater than where they're at. The key is finding that direction. Literally, I play the piano. I've never taken a formal piano lesson in my entire life. Never. I've just spent my own time searching, searching, searching for the information that I need to develop. So, giving myself direction. I remember when I first began to uh, play the keyboard. I had this old synthesizer from the 1980s, a Roland D50. I still have it today. It was the first keyboard I ever got. And when I came home, I was like 17 years old. I would just lock myself in the room and play for hours. There was no YouTube at the time. It was like 1997. YouTube didn't come out till 06. So I had to find other ways to increase. So I went to like somewhere like Barnes & Noble or if anybody remembers Walden Books. went to Walden Books and got myself a chord dictionary, where I could see pictures of every chord that's possible to play on the piano, f- learn what their names were, uh, learn the fingering positions of the different uh, inversions of the chords. And I would sit in my room literally. For hours after school, and I would just sit there and learn chords and teach myself the names and teach myself the different inversions, sitting there with no teacher, nobody pushing me. I just knew I was dissatisfied with the level I was at currently, and I knew I needed to go higher, and I had a desire to go higher. And the the thing that I had to do was find my direction. And for me, it came in the form of uh, the chord dictionary, and the, and and then also when I would go to different churches and hear different keyboard players play or music directors and I heard something that they did that I really liked, I would attack them like an assassin after the service, be like, show me what you did in that service today I want to see that change and they would show me the chord change and then I would go home and I would sit at my keyboard and I would learn that chord change or that progression in every single key. I would sit there and learn it over and over and over and understand why did it sound good? Why did it work in that song? How can I apply it to other songs, you know? And and I found my direction. And that ties us in to the third stage of successful gift development. The third stage of successful gift development is diligence, diligence, going after. It's not just knowing where you need to go. It's the willingness uh, to find those things and to go after them. So, for example, I give this example in the book that's getting ready to be released. If you are, let's say you are a bass player, which I'm not, but... I know some great ones. If you are a bass player that you're, you're trying to go to the next level, you know, it really surprises me when people in a certain gift or calling area don't know those that are at the top of their game in that area. Like it blows my mind when I say to a keyboard player, that's like, you know, maybe, maybe a church player or whatever. And I'll say, Oh man, you play the keyboard do you, do you like Chick Corea? You know, just to throw a name out there. Do you like Chick Corea? I'm like, Oh no, who's that? I've never heard of him. Is he, is he a play? Is he play at church? And, and Chick Corea being one of the greatest jazz pianists of our time, it blows my mind that people who have a gift to play the keyboard or the piano uh, don't know those that are at the top of their game in our field, in our area, you know, and, and if you're like, for example, if you're a bass player, You know, I've asked people these names before; they don't know who they are. You know, I'll say, "Do you know who John Patitucci is? Do you know who Victor Wooten is? Do you know who Jaco Pastorius is?" Stanley Clark, Marcus Miller. They said, "No, who, who, who are those guys? They're the greatest bass players of all time." You know, how do you not know who they are? It blows my mind when people are not diligent to find those that are at the top of their game. In fact, my cousin and I—that's that's how we ended up finding uh, Bishop David Oyedepo and, and, uh, pastor Enoch Ataboye in Nigeria, because, you know, people would ask us, they'd say, who, what, what books do you guys read? Like what, what ministers do you guys read their books? And every time we would answer, we would always answer with guys that are dead. Now they'd say, well, you know, we, we read Kenneth Hagin books, or we read T L Osborne books, Smith Wigglesworth, John G Lake books. You know, we go through the list, but all those guys are dead. And we would, people would say, no, but I mean, who's still living? Do you read their books? And we started to realize that, you know, God does not save the best for first. God saves the best for last. If God's kingdom, as I said at the beginning, really is based on increase, then God's going to be doing bigger things today than he was doing back then. So it set my cousin and I kind of on a search and that's how we discovered Bishop David Oyedepo, who is the pastor of the largest church in the world. They're getting ready to build a sanctuary that will seat 100,000 people in the sanctuary and they'll still have to do about four Sunday morning services. Their children's church will seat 10,000. Uh, pastor Enoch Adeboye, when he does his Holy Ghost meeting, uh, they have a building that is three kilometers long by three kilometers wide. And they'll have about four million people under the roof at their Holy Ghost meeting and their Pentecostal Congress at the end of the year every year. So when we found these guys and begin to see the increase in their life, you know, it sets you on a search for who is at the top. See, because there is a scriptural principle here that Paul taught the Corinthian church in first Corinthians chapter 11 and verse one, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. See, what Paul was really saying was, I am at a much higher level in my Christianity than you are. Uh, Anybody that studied the Bible knows that the Corinthian church was a very immature body of believers, very immature. And Paul was correcting them on a lot of things. So he said, look, take my life. And use it as a role model for your lives, because I'm at a much higher level than you are. I'm much more fruitful in my Christianity. So follow me as I follow Christ. The principle remains true today. Find those who are much more fruitful than you are in the area of your gift or calling, and follow them. Do what they're doing. Uh, operate like they're operating. You know, find out how they do things and and copy that. That's God's desire that we find that pattern of men and women that he's placed in the earth that are doing what he's called them to do and follow that pattern. That's diligence. You know, so find, you know, can you imagine, uh, like I tell people this, like take those bass players that I was just talking about. You know, if you wanted to go to the next level, imagine going on YouTube, typing in their five names and finding every video you could where, where they were playing and then copying, like literally slowing each video down and learning note by note what each of those guys was playing. You know what would happen? I'll tell you what would happen is not only would your skill increase, but you'd begin to think about playing in the same way they thought about playing the bass. Your personal style would be developed, obviously, but it would be developed around the greatest styles of all time. In the process of learning how they played, your timing, your accuracy, your dexterity, your rhythm, they'd all become honed. You know, and you, doors would begin to open for you all over the place as a bass player because you'd be able to model the greatest bass players of all time, meaning that by the end of your, um, You know, study and about by the end of your dedication, you would become one of the greatest bass players of all time. Think about how that works. So it blows my mind when people don't know who's at the head of the game in their specific area. And I encourage you in that third stage of successful gift development, you've got to have diligence to find, locate, and follow after. Those that are at the top of your specific calling or gifting. And finally, number four, the fourth stage of successful gift development is discipline. You've got to have discipline. Now understand, none of the other three matter if you do not have the fourth. It doesn't matter if you become dissatisfied. It doesn't matter if you come direct, have find direction or become directed. It doesn't matter if you have diligence. If you don't have discipline, those other three don't matter because although you'll know what to do, you will not discipline yourself to actually do it. It's crazy. You know, anything is like this. This, It's the same in every area. You know, a lot of people know what they should be doing, but a lot of people still don't do it. For example, we'll just use something as easy as weight loss. Everybody knows what it takes to lose weight. You consume less calories than your body burns. Everybody knows that. The art of losing weight's not a mystery, but still, 70% of Americans are obese or overweight. Not because it's some mystery how to lose weight, it's that even though people know what they should be doing, they just don't do it. And that's why I like what uh, financial advisor, Dave Ramsey says all the time, live like no one else now so that later you can live like no one else. Let me say it again, live like no one else now so that later you can live like no one else. What he's really saying is if you'll discipline yourself to live in a way right now that no one else is willing to live in that way, then later you'll be at a higher level that very few people have attained because they refused to have the discipline that you did. And that's true, man. I mean, it's true in every area. Everybody knows what it takes to have a six pack, you know, but most people will not do what it takes to have it. And the same is true in your gifting and your calling, just, just your disciplines. You know, the secret of any person's success is hidden in the habits of their daily routine. You know, everyone knows they should pray. Everyone knows they should spend time fasting. Everyone knows they should read the word. Everybody knows they should build their faith on preaching and teaching. But how many people in the body of Christ do you actually think pray for an hour a day? How many people do you actually think are reading the word of God consistently every single day? How many people do you think are listening to the word of God preached or taught every single day? I'd say very, very few. But imagine what happens to your life when you dedicate yourself like that to those principles. It's amazing how quickly you increase when you discipline yourself to do the things you know it takes to go to the next level. Let me finish by saying this. Time is your most valuable resource. Time not money, not anything else, time. Time provides an even playing field for everybody. Notice that because we all have 24 hours in our day. The question is, what will we do with the time we've been given? I'm I'm gonna ask you that are listening to the podcast today, what will you do with the time you've been given? See, it's a resource you can never get back. So what will you do with your time that ensures you'll level up? Don't sleep all your time away. Don't fill your time with the distractions of entertainment. Listen, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with watching Netflix. There's nothing wrong with watching things online or spending time on social media. But if that takes the majority of your time and you don't have time to produce, those things are robbing you of your destiny. They're stealing what God said is yours. Don't waste your most valuable resource. Don't waste your most valuable resource. See, God wants you to, to increase steadily. These four things. First, dis- becoming dissatisfied with where you are. Second, finding direction of which way you're to go. Third, the diligence of seeking after that direction. And then fourth, the discipline of taking actionable steps to make sure you go to the next level. Those four things will take you higher than you've ever been before. Let me give you a final word before I pray for you, a final word on development. Listen, one of the reasons that I truly believe God has continued to increase my gift as I pursue it in dedication is because of a vow that I made to him that I wanna share with you. I made a vow to God early on in my life when I was a teenager. I promised God, I said, if you'll give me a gift and anoint me to play and to sing and to minister to people, I will never use my gift for anybody but you. And that's why you can look at my life to this day. I've never played coffee houses. I don't do secular concerts. I don't put together weekend bar bands to make extra money doing, you know, song. You think you might, might be laughing at that. I know praise and worship leaders that have done that. They take the church's gear out of the church, go play bars and clubs throughout Saturday night and come back early Saturday morning and set the instruments back up for Sunday morning church. I don't care who called me. I don't care if Chance the Rapper, Justin Bieber, Jay-Z, I don't care who called me to come and say, hey, listen, come play keyboard on tour with us, Justin Timberlake. It would not matter to me because it didn't matter how big the paycheck is. It's not what my gift is for. My gift came from God and my gift is used for God. And if you'll also make a vow to whatever your gift is, that you'll use it for the Lord, to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, I believe that he'll give you exponential increase and continue to promote you through your entire life. Because listen, promotion only comes from the Lord. Let me pray for you today before we close. Father, in Jesus' name. For every man and every woman listening to this podcast, I pray that you would give them a supernatural hunger to increase the gifts that you've placed in their life in Jesus name. Lord, give us these four stages of development, Father. Enlighten us. Father, let us not become satisfied. Do not let us become complacent. Do not us do not let us stay at the place where we're just uh, wandering or floundering through life at the same level for 15 years. Give us a hunger to go to another level to be impactful for your kingdom. Let your anointing come upon us in our gifts and our talents and our abilities. We thank you, Lord, and we dedicate our lives to you fresh and new every day. And we thank you that you'll continue to keep your hand upon us of blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, thank you for listening today. I love you guys. Don't forget, until next week, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you next time. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.